Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. Well, let's turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 35. Mark chapter 5. Verse 35, it should be easy for you to find. It is the second book in the New Testament, the gospel according to Mark. If you, say, if you have it, say amen. All right. If you can, please stand with us. We like to stand for the reading of the word. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 35, and this, the Bible says, While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, ask you to, to arise. Say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know know it and said that something should be given her to eat. I'm going to talk to you today from a question for you. Is your life too crowded? Is your life too crowded? You may be seated with your Bibles open. We have in our passage today where Jesus helps Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, to, to raise his daughter from the dead. But we have something here that is, that, is, that is strange, and we'll see some intricacies here where Jesus deals with the crowd and eliminating and narrowing the crowd in order to get a blessing done. In our lives, we entertain and we, and we let many people enter into our lives. Some people we feel obligated to enter into our lives. It may be family members. It may be friends that have helped you in the, in the past. It may be someone you feel sorry for. It may be a church member. And so oftentimes we allow many people into our lives, but not acknowledging that those people may be dragging us down. And so we want to learn here when we move in faith, how do we eliminate some distractions, some people that we may have to eliminate and focus our attention on Jesus to get the victory that we need to get done. First thing we need to see that Jairus is the ruler of the synagogue, and we see that in verse 22 and 24. He's the one that comes to Jesus, and and he begs him and implores him, and he says, my daughter is near death. I wish that you would lay hands on her so that she can be well. First, we see here that he believes and he has faith that Jesus can raise his daughter from the dead. And and Jesus uh, says, okay, let's be on our way. Now, a strange thing happens because right in the middle of this passage is where we see the very very well-known passage in which the woman with the issue of blood pulls on on uh, the end of his robe, and she is healed 
in the midst of them going to Jairus' house. So we see Jesus walking with Jairus, but in the meantime, he also heals someone on the way. So the thing with Jairus, he has to say, implore Jesus and ask that, let's go to my house to, fill, to, to heal my daughter. But he also has to deal with the distraction of walking with Jesus as the crowd is all around Jesus trying to get healed. By this time, whether Jesus is going from one side to the next side on the boat, people are following him and asking to be healed because he's healed lepers. He's healed the blind. He's healed the sick. And so people are always crowding around Jesus to be healed. Now we see in verse 36, when we, well, uh, we see that Jesus gets back to Jairus and, 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 and they come and they say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And so some people from his house come and say, you know, your daughter, it's over. Your daughter is dead, so don't trouble Jesus anymore. And then we see in verse 36, the last part, uh, Jesus heard the word that was spoken. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only be f- believe. Some pastors may, may say, uh, have faith, do not fear. Now, last week when, when, I, when I preached to you, we talked about faith over fear. It seems that in the Bible and in the, in the biblical teaching that it oftentimes you struggle with faith. And if you don't have faith in Jesus, then there's the tendency to have fear. Fear that it won't not happen. Fear that it, won't, it will not come to pass. Fear that you, you, you won't be strong enough for the battle. But God says, have faith and do not fear. We not, if, if, if anything, we have to continue to know that we must believe and trust and lean on Jesus Christ as the one who's our deliverer. We must believe and trust that the words that come from the Bible are true, and that is what can set us free. We must believe that when we come to the word, we come to the church, whatever that message is that day, whatever that song is that day, it's something that teaches us and, and helps us to, to go further along the journey. See, what often happens in the society in which we live that we can bombard it with messages that are not about Jesus. We can bombard it with messages that are about the world. We can bombard it about messages that say that you can, you can do it on your own or you can't do it on your own. Whatever the message may be, it drowns out the idea of faith in Jesus. But what we have to understand is that from, from the biblical standpoint, that we always have to have faith in Jesus and we do not fear. That is a mindset because you constantly have to fight with your mind to say, am I going to believe Christ or am I going to believe something else? It may be very subtle because it may be that you, you're doubting yourself and you're doubting what's going to happen in the future. But if you put, our, put your hand and your trust in Jesus, then you put your faith in him and then your mind will, will be settled. So to have that faith, Jesus says, look, have faith and do not fear. Now, what's interesting here, and this is a part of the message, in verse 37, Jesus only takes Peter, James, and John for this, for this journey. Now, we all know there's 12 disciples, but he only takes Peter, James, and John for this, for this journey. Now, what you have to realize, oftentimes in the Bible, Jesus took these three trusted disciples with him to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, to go to the Mountain of Transfiguration. He often took Peter, James, and John with him. Now, I have a very good friend who, who often says, hey, man, I'm just trying to get in heaven. I don't care if I'm a janitor. I'm just trying to get in. But what you can see here that you have three trusted disciples. Friends, compadres of, 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 
of Jesus that he takes with him. Now, what I want to take and stop here and put a pit stop and just say, you have to figure out on your journey of faith, who are your trusted ones that you can take along on your journey of faith? Who are the ones that are going to pray for you? Who are the ones you could call at 2 a.m. In, in, the, in the morning and they'll come and get you? Who are the ones that, are, that are, uh, will go with you through the fire? Through the, who are the ones that will go with you through a breakup? Who are the ones who will be there by your side no matter what is going on in your life? Because we know there can be some hanger-ons when you get that promotion, when you get that job, when you get that house, when you get that car. But who are the ones that you can take on a journey of faith and you know they will be with you? So Jesus narrows it down. He says, I'm taking Peter, James, and John with me to go do this, this, uh, this assignment for Jairus. So we say he's narrowed it down to Peter, James, and John. Now, like we saw last week, the opposition of faith generally comes from people. The opposition of faith generally comes from people. Now, in verse 35, I, I think they're pretty innocent. You got some rulers from that. Uh, you got some people from his house. He says, look, uh, your daughter is dead. Uh, don't bother the teacher anymore. Let's jump down to verse 38. This is Jesus. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult, or your, or your um, Bible might say a commotion, and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he, came, when, he, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? We'll start right there. So we see a crowd that is making a commotion. They're weeping and they're wailing. Now, this is kind of customary in that, in that day and time. When someone was to die, they had professional mourners who would come and they would weep and they would wail for, for, the, for the family and, and show that, that, uh, that mercy. Now, what's interesting, oftentimes people can mourn with you. It's very difficult to celebrate with you. You have to be very watchful of those who want to be with you in the down times because they want to, they'll, they'll mourn with you and they'll have mercy. But who can be with you and celebrate? Who can be with you during the good times and celebrate what's going on? But Jesus sees this opposition. So we see someone that says, look, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Let's, that, we'll call that logic. She's dead. Don't bother and let him go about his business. And then we have, on the other hand, we have those who are making a commotion, wailing and weeping and loudly. Before even Jairus gets home, they're already there crying and weeping and making a commotion. And so what you have to watch for, again, the opposition of faith oftentimes comes from people. And they may be well-meaning people just giving you the logic that says, you know what, you have to have A plus B plus C in order to get that job. You have to have this type of attitude and this type of uh, disposition in order to get that man or that woman. You have, to, you, have to have, you have to live in this zip code and you have to have this type of lineage in order to get that prestigious job. And so oftentimes people come with you with logic instead of faith and they come to you saying don't bother praying about this don't bother going on this journey anymore because it's not logical the key thing is faith is in Jesus what has Jesus told you what has the Bible told you that you need to stick with the other crowd brings up commotion there's weeping and wailing and loudly this is this 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 is just making a commotion about how bad things are we're crying and we're wailing and, and th this is that crowd that, that will call you and, and just complain for hours upon hours upon hours. And, and, you, can, and you say, well, what are you going to do about it? And there's no answer. 
Because the thing is that people can get, bring you down with the negative talking and the negative speaking, and you can't even focus on what your assignment is for your life. And so you have to be mindful of this crowd because they will get you into, draw you into weeping and wailing and being loud. It is amazing to me that you can speak to someone at the one year and you can come back five years later and they're still complaining and weeping and wailing about the same thing. How can you be stuck in the same position when life is going on and life is moving and you need to move forward? So we have an opposition of faith that come from people. And as you're listening to this message, you have to think in your mind, who are the ones that are holding you down because they're negative and they're weeping and they're wailing all the time? They may be close to you. They may be someone you love, but you may need to move them outside of your life. So Jesus comes in verse 39. He says, when he came in, he said to them, why make the commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Some pastors say they laughed at him. But when he had, he put them all outside. Two things here. Number one, whatever Jesus has told you, whatever your faith is moving you towards, oftentimes or sometimes people may laugh at you. People may say, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. Sometimes what faith has told you is illogical and it may even be laughable, but if it's something that God has put in your spirit and your heart, you need to stick with it. My grandmother used to tell me, you know, you know uh, religious people, we're a little strange, we're a little different. And she used to always tell me that, and I, I didn't really understand that as a little kid. But what I do understand now is that when, when, when someone dies or something is happening bad or something is not going right in the lives of believers, and when someone has that strong faith, we keep getting up and we keep having a joy on our face and we keep living our lives because, one, when we know when death happens, we know it, they pass on and they're, and they're longer with us in this world, but they're with Jesus Christ. Another thing we know that we have faith in God and we know that there's going to be a brighter day because whatever is happening today has nothing, is irrelevant for what's going to happen tomorrow because we know God can deliver. So some things may be unreasonable, may be laughable, but you, can't, you have to ignore that. You have to uh, cast that out. And so what Jesus said, he said, look, I'm putting them all outside. Because the only ones I can bring in is Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother, to do this healing that I, do this, this miracle that I need to do. And what I'm saying to you, brother and sister of Justin Baptist Church, is that you have to look at your life and where you're trying to go. And if someone is holding you back, you don't have to be mean about it, but you need to put them outside your life. You need to move them on the outskirts of your life. And you need to bring that crowd in that's with Jesus and is able to pray and have faith and believe that whatever you're trying to get to come to pass will come to pass because Jesus told you so. See, you out there feeling sorry for that person. You want to be nice to that person. You know what, what's interesting to me? As you get older, you get, this, uh, you get acclimated to this a little bit more. I think around age 40, you kind of get that spirit of, I don't care what people say. Before that, you know, oh, what, what are they going to say? What are they going to say about my car? What are they going to say about my job? You know, my spouse ain't cute enough. What are they going to say? You know, 
You're worried about all these things on the outside. All these things about people don't even really know who you are and don't really care. But around age 40, you kind of stand up a little straight and say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk this. I'm going to make this decision. I don't care what nobody say. You better get out of my way. You know, you might get cursed out, but I'm trying to live for Jesus, so I ain't going to curse you out. But what I'm trying to do is put you on the outside because you're in the way, you're in the way of my path of trying to get to Jesus and trying to get delivered and trying to live this life that God wants me to live. So Jesus said, you have to put them on the outside. Because people are going to make fun of you, they're going to laugh at you, and they're going to ridicule you, and they're going to do all these things. But that is not something that you need to pay attention to. What has God told you? So he moves them on the outside, and then he goes in and he does the miracle. Now, what I love about this is that when he goes in, he tells the girl who is dead to rise and get up. And she immediately rises up. What I love about God is that whatever journey that you're on, it may be a struggle. It may be tough. But when he moves, he can do it immediately. You know, I, I feel that. I feel that T.D. Jakes spirit right there. I feel like I get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because you can, you can pray. You can weep. You may fall down, you may have some tough times, but when God is ready to move, he's going to do it immediately. So whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to get that job, keep applying. Keep getting dressed and going for interviews. Keep believing. If you're trying to get a, a, a spouse or a, a, a relationship, keep having a good attitude. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Don't get negative. Don't get down on yourself. Don't pay attention to the naysayers, but keep thinking that you're going to get what God has for you. If you're trying to have a child, keep believing. Keep pushing. Keep moving as if you're going to have that child because you need to be ready because when God says arise and let's go, you know he can move immediately. Don't get dismayed by the wait time. That's where your faith is built. It's in the waiting. God wants to see what's your attitude day by day by day as you wait on him. Who's blocking you from your blessing? Is it the crowd? Is it yourself? Now, what you do with the crowd is move them on the outside so you can focus on Jesus. There has to be a time of prayer. There has to be a time of suffering for you to build those faith muscles. And then God can move immediately. So when you look at your life, is your life too crowded? Are there people crowding you in? You can't focus on what God has for you. You can't hear what God is trying to tell you. You can't see what he has in your future. And that means you need to put them on the outside. You don't have to be mean about it. You know, you know, you know, in the dating game, they say you just ghost people. Now, if you're not a part of the new dating game, you know, you go online, you talk on the phone, whatever. But when you ghost someone, you don't tell them you're going to stop seeing them. You just stop calling. I disappeared like a ghost. So one technique may be the people who are bringing you down, who, are, who don't have faith, I just don't call you no more. 
You just don't see me no more. We don't hang out in the same places. You just got ghosted. So you need to put them on the outside so that God can get to you and do the miracle that he has for your life. Don't be afraid to do that. And as you pray and as you walk this life, you can feel in your spirit who should be in the inside and who should be on the outside. Now, I pray and hope that you're a person that can be on the inside. I pray and hope that you're someone that can be trusted, that who prays, that who has faith and has resilience. See, sometimes with the faith walk, you have to understand it's not a straight walk. You can't go from one destination to the next destination because there's some obstacles in your way. There's some things you got to leap over. There's some things you got to duck under. There's some things you got to run around. There's some times you got to get, you got, you get hurt. And you're down on your knees. See, that's sometimes, I'm not, I've been past my knees. I've been down like this. And I have to pray because I'm so low. God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to give me a spirit. God, I need you to bring me up higher. I'm hurting right now. I don't know if I can go another step. And you know, when I let the spirit of God build me up, I start getting a little higher. And I get to my knees. And then I get to one knee. And then I get up. And I get dressed, and I'm ready to go another further because I put some people on the outside, and I'm going with Jesus one step at a time, getting off my feet, and I'm going ahead because I'm looking for the immediate blessing. When is God going to come through? When is God going to bless me? But in the main, meantime, I'm going to walk with him day by day, night by night, believing that he's going to make a miracle. God will bless you. God will come through. Be ready. Be set, and he will come through immediately now I'm preaching faith because I need to tell people in the church that we not get dismayed by what we're hearing on the outside that we believe what we're listening and hearing from the word of God that we stick with God no matter what that we teach our children to stick with God no matter what because he's a faithful God today we say Jesus precious savior He's worthy to be praised. There's no other one but Jesus who can lead you into the future that you, he wants for you. Keep your hand in his hand. Believe and trust. And don't let his hand go. It may cost you some relationships. It may cost you some, some friendships. But what I'm going to tell you, as you continue to walk with Jesus, he's going to bring new people into your life. He's going to bring faithful people in life, and he's going to bring you to a destination that you would never thought you would ever get to. But if you trust and have faith and do not fear, God will help you and move immediately. That's the word for the day. Move those people on the outside. Don't let them crowd your life and wait for God to move immediately. He raised this young girl from the dead. Whatever God needs to resurrect in your life, he can do it. Whatever you've counted out and said won't happen anymore, he can do it. Whatever you've said, I can't go back to that, I failed in that, God can turn that situation around. So let's have that positive talk. Let's have that talk that Jesus can do it. Don't let anything in your life be canceled out unless God has told you. So what you may need to do today is go back to your prayer closet 
and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to move? Do you want me to put down this dream or do you want me to pick it up again? Do you want me to move in another life and move to another direction or do you want me to move in that direction? But whatever God puts in your spirit, walk forth in that, in that, in that path. Walk forth in that path and believe in him because God is a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's a problem solver. And there's no one better to stick to but than Jesus Christ. So, is your life too crowded? That's for you to answer. That's for you to answer. Who's dragging you down by complaining, weeping, and, 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 and just negative all the time? Who may be bringing you logic? You can't do this because da, 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 da. I read da, 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 da. Yeah, Okay, okay, okay. I got it, I got it. But what does the word of God say? What's in your spirit that God has not released? You say, you know, I've been four or five years, I've been waiting for this, and God has not, if it's still in your spirit, he placed it there. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart, Psalm 37, 4. If that desire, if that passion is still in you, God wants you to pursue that. Don't be afraid by the negative talk of the crowd, and don't be afraid of the negative talk within yourself. Because God can move. How can he move? Immediately. It's us for us to stay faithful, to continue to walk with him, and wait on his hand, wait on his, his deliverance. And above all, trust and do not fear. Because again, the opposite side of faith is that fear. Fear that God will not come through, but he will come through. He's a deliverer all the time. That's all the word I have for you today. Short and sweet. Stay with Jesus. Let's, let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for this lovely day. It is a delay, day that you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, Father, that someone's faith is strengthened today, that they have more focus today, that they can see who are the negative people that may be holding them back. Now, we want to be kind. We want to be nice, but we want to make sure that we're not letting anyone Stop us from where you have us to go. I ask that we're resilient people, that we're tough people, and above all, that we trust and believe and we lean on God. Father, I just pray for everyone in this house that they, their faith is increased through the storm, that they can see God's hand, they can trust God, they can believe in God in any situation. And now, Father, I pray for those who do not know you, who do not know this faith journey, do not know this faith walk, that they continue to, uh, well, well, first, if they do not know you, if they will accept you as Jesus Christ, the Savior, and have them change their lives by accepting you as their leader of their spirit and their faith. I also pray for those who do not have a church home, that if they do not have a church home, that they will uh, select Judson to be their church home, for we can love on them, Teach them the word and give them the comfort 
and the protection that they need from a church home. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for our bishop. And we thank you for the lovely people of Judson who I just know as the church grows and overcomes obstacles, the people of God will grow and overcome obstacles. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.